Thankful once again to be joined by Dan Proft. Dan is with the uh, Morning Answer radio program and has been following Illinois politics for many, many years. Dan, how are you today? Hey, well, good to be with you. Absolutely. Well, um, you have been involved with a political action committee that has been running some ads in this race between uh, Pritzker and Bailey, which have been uh, causing some concern amongst Democrats and the media, but uh, I repeat myself. Um, So tell us, uh, what is your involvement in this governor's race uh, from your perspective? Well, so, I mean, I I run an independent expenditure pack called People Play by the Rules Pack. We've been involved since the primary, supported Bailey in the primary, and supporting Bailey in the general. And so... Um, some of the ads people have probably seen relate to the Safety Act, so-called Safety Act, you know, typical, typically Orwellian entitled uh, contradiction in substance uh, to what the title would indicate on the legislation. But basically the end of cash bail in Illinois and what I would say is the exporting of Chicago's lawlessness to the state by forcing the release of violent criminals who've been charged with violent crimes uh, and they would be released like is the sort of de facto state of affairs in Cook County by law in every state in the county. I mean, every, excuse me, every county and state. And this is why you had a hundred of 102 county state's attorneys opposed the legislation that includes 30 Democrats. So many Democrats who supported J.B. Pritzker's election and probably support his re-election who oppose this legislation so this has generated a lot of attention it's become a national really an international story because the law is that bad because it is that reckless and that, that dangerous and would diminish the quality of life for illinoisans from zion to cairo as they say and this is something that people need to be aware of and consider when it comes to their choice for governor on November 8th. I mean, if you don't de-elect J.B. Pritzker and send a message to the established political order in Springfield, then this is what is going to happen. This is not me saying it. This is, you know, dozens and dozens of county state's attorneys and sheriffs, your local prosecutors in Southern Illinois and everywhere else. Uh, Jim Glasgow, the Will County state's attorney, who's a Democrat, saying it will be the end of days. And by that, essentially, he means everybody knows about the lawlessness in Chicago. Wait till it comes to a neighborhood near you, because that's what you're doing when you uh, advance this uh, no cash bail, uh, put the handcuffs on police to interdict crime kind of legislation that J.B. Pritzker signed into law. And for my mind, in addition to obviously the terrible fiscal policies, this is... You know, this that confluence of issues is what should inform people's choices on November 8th, which should be really the referendum question for the election. So from your perspective, is this a matter of Bailey needs to really run up big numbers in his areas where he's already strong in rural Illinois? If he does that, uh, does he have a chance to beat J.B. Pritzker? Well, that would help. But I mean, the, but. But, you know, uh, the numbers south of I-80 are not going to be enough. I mean, even if he was you know, in the, the low to mid-60s, that, that certainly helps. It makes it 
um, the numbers he needs out of Chicago and Chicago land a little bit less. So, but he, but he can't win, and he and I, I don't think I don't think that that is his only pathway. I think he can't win if he just says I'm going to try and run up 70, 75 percent in central and southern Illinois, and then take my beating in Chicago Metro. I don't think he has to take his, his take a beating there. I don't think if if this continue if he continues to properly frame the race as I've described that he will take a beating. I think the suburbs are gettable and you win the suburbs and you get the kind of vote that he's anticipated to get in uh, downstate communities. And, you know, then it's a, it's a 50, 50 race and it's a turnout game. So, um, you know, there is a pathway in this year because things are so bad at the federal level in terms of people's economic security and things are so bad at the local level in, in Chicagoland and in Illinois uh, in terms of people's physical security because of uh, the sort of laws like the Safety Act that have been advanced by Chicago Democrats that there is an opportunity for Bailey to pull an upset. There absolutely is. And so, um, but, you know, it's going to be a slog and it's not going to be without incident. And, it's, and that's going to be every day for the next 56 days. Dan Proft is with us today. Um, I think it's interesting to see polling these days because it becomes harder and harder to poll Republicans. Uh, generally speaking, they're just not wanting to engage with government even in that way. And so I know you ran a poll. Is that right? I mean, I've been polling the race. Sure. Yeah. And so I presume that, you know, you feel good about the numbers, but when you look at the numbers in the presidential election, they were so far off. Do you trust your own polling? Is my question. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm using um, my pollster is Tony Fabrizio and David Lee, and they're also President Trump's pollsters. So um, he trusted them. Um, I've been using them actually for two decades, so well before Trump. Um, and they're you know they're 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 good they, they know what they're doing so they give you an accurate snapshot of where the race stands when they poll i think one of the things that people sometimes uh, lose sight of is you know you tell me and on september 15th the race is here and then the race ends up somewhere very different by the time november rolls around well again snapshots in time you're trying to measure uh, people's attitudes on various issues as as they get more informed on issues as arguments are made as things happen during the course of the campaign so what happens uh one week can be uh you know can be very different than happens or where the race stands a couple of weeks later so you know i think it's at this stage still even though you feel like it's just around the corner i think it's still fairly early in the race and uh, as people are tuning in so i think what you look for is to say is there a path based on sort of the trends that we see and what's informing people's votes and what they're concerned about and what their attitudes are about the job that jb prisker has done and you say do we see a path here uh knowing that we're the underdog and the answer is we do see a path knowing that we're the underdog and so now you're trying to you know pursue that path and speak to people's economic and physical security concerns uh, in terms of in the city itself, do you believe that Lori Lightfoot is beatable as well? I, it looks like that's going to be a crowded race, potentially. Yeah, she's definitely beatable. Her numbers are terrible. I mean, she's completely upside down. But, um, 
figures, but but there's still a, there's a path for her to get reelected. I think that probably shocks some people, but um, there's definitely a path. Uh, and so, um, you know, a lot of it will depend on on uh, what the runoff looks like. And, and frankly, I'm not assuming that she would be in the runoff because, as you said, there's I don't know, there's 10 candidates and the list grows a little bit every day. Um, so so we'll see. Um, she's her numbers are terrible. They deserve to be terrible. She's done a terrible job. She's turned the city over to the criminal element, completely lost control of the city. We're seeing a great city, one of the, a world-class city, a beautiful city being completely destroyed. And it's all policy choices that are doing it. So she deserves to be thrown out of office. But uh, so far, I wouldn't say that there's been anyone who's thrown their hat in the ring that is particularly compelling or is charting an obviously different course with the exception maybe of Paul Vallis the former CPS CEO and lieutenant governor candidate with Pat Quinn in 2014 and so forth. Um, and so we'll have to see if he can get traction this time because he's he's tried a few things and he hasn't really gotten traction, including four years ago when he ran for mayor. So we'll see. So Vallis, to me, is the only real adult in the race. I mean, uh, Willie Wilson is, too. He's a successful businessman. But I think Vallis presents the most contrast and the most possibility it would 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 be the best mayor in terms of competency but you know you have to be a good candidate to get to be a good mayor and it's interesting always to look at the shift of the um, political spectrum and that pat quinn is probably the um you know ronald reagan of the democratic party at this point in such a short period of time well there's no question that the, the democrat party here is not a machine party and it's funny because I, I think on your show and others i predicted this you know with the, wait till madigan and Cullerton go away and unless the republican party gets itself together and becomes a stronger more viable party with a real purpose when the democrats replace madigan and Cullerton, it's actually going to get worse because you're going to replace machine politicians who are transactional with ideological cultural marxists and what do we have? An ideological cultural Marxist in Don Harmon as your Senate president and a, a cultural Marxist of sorts. He's not really ideological. He's a flim flam man and Chris Welch. So he's just he's just a scumbag hustler. But he's playing the role of ideological cultural Marxist and he's advancing all of those policies. So uh, from a policy perspective, you, know, you can bemoan Madigan and Cullerton all you want and I would join you. Uh, but it actually has gotten worse as the Democrat socialists have become, well, the Democrat socialists, and they've completely embraced the hard left agenda of you know, AOC and the socialist Spice Girls in D.C. And, and again, you see what's happening with the you – see, you see the manifestations of it in terms of the culturally responsive teacher training and the curriculum choices and all the identitarian politics and the politicization of, classroom, of the classroom and – and um, uh, so much of the other hard left new Marxist agenda being advanced, including going back to the Safety Act, the you know willy nilly release of people charged with violent crimes. Uh, and I, it just doesn't get any more clear than that. And so hopefully there'll be enough Illinoisans that decide that they we need to chart a new course in this state if it's going to be a civilized place to live. Yeah, I feel sometimes like I need to write Brandon Phelps and Gary Forby a letter of apology. 
yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't know that apologies are necessary, but um, yeah, it's a it's a very different party than uh, the party that would uh, feature a four beer of Phelps. Dan Proft is with us today. Dan, what else is important? You follow this more closely than probably anybody. I know. And, you know, sometimes I don't even know exactly what the right questions to ask you are because I really want to dive down into, into what you're thinking and, and seeing as, you know, being over the horizon. So w- what's on your mind that, that ought to be on other people's minds? Well, one of the things, just sticking with this race that I, I'd emphasize, it's just the scams, the same old scams. So it's the race hustle. If you're opposed to the Safety Act, you're a racist. I mean, that's, you know, if you're a Republican. And then they're just quiet about, like I mentioned, those 30 Democrat states attorneys who also opposed it. It's just, but it's just a lie. They just, it's just distracting with racial politics, trying to make emotional appeals, lying to people, preying on uh, their worst instincts. It's really, it's really cynical and despicable, but that's all they have because they can't win on the merits of the arguments. And another hustle is what you're seeing right now from Pritzker with this essentially vote buying, the property tax and income tax rebates. You know, so here's here's a guy who increases your taxes by thousands of dollars permanently, and then provides temporary tax relief in the hundreds of dollars six weeks before an election and he calls that tax relief that's what's tax relief in illinois he doubles your gas tax making illinois gas prices uh, near the highest in the nation then he temporarily suspends the incremental inflationary increase and he calls that relief at the pump it's just it's just again it's just such bull jive and i hope people don't fall for this scam this is the same guy who tried to increase income taxes permanently on middle-income families with his uh, income tax initiative. And, you know, the, the voters of Illinois rejected that initiative. Well, now it's time they reject the guy who made that initiative. And so I, I just hope they don't buy the scam as people are getting pounded with energy cost increases and, and the increase in cost of their groceries. Do not buy the scam from this professional liar, J.B. Pritzker, that he's providing meaningful tax relief. In fact, the median household in Illinois is paying $2,200 more in taxes than they were three years ago before he came, before he became governor. So I just hope people get hip to this, this ruse that he is uh, using to try to, you know, connive his way to re-election. Dan Proft has been our guest today. Um, the White Sox, what of it? <laughs> uh, well, the White Sox are what I want. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't want, to, want to disparage the Sox too much because I'm still a fan. But yeah, no, the, the White Sox are, are not the Cardinals. The Cardinals, as usual, have overperformed, uh, and the White Sox, as often as the case, have underperformed. I think uh, one of those team, two teams is going to uh, make a, a real World Series run, and it's not going to be the White Sox, unfortunately. Well, I'll remind you that while I am a Cardinal fan, I have balanced out my pleasure with my pain because I'm also a lifelong New York Knicks fan. So, um, you know, it it definitely uh, is a wash uh, when I look at it in that perspective. I can't even watch the NBA anymore. I mean, I I, I used to like it when it was basketball, but now it's just a glorified shoot-around, so it really doesn't mean anything to me, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I'm just about there as well. All right, Dan, thank you so much for the time. Hey, Will, thanks. Take care.